Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Well, let's get into the Word of God this morning. Um, as, as we do, I just want to remind you that next Sunday at 12 noon, our regularly, our regularly scheduled uh, service time, we are going to be having our Christmas service. It's going to be an amazing time. Our worship team has been uh, practicing and preparing. We're going to have a kids choir. Kids are going to participate. We have some kids that are going to sing solos. It's going to be an amazing time. So we want you to come and be a part of this service. Invite your friends and invite your family. Uh, it's just going to be a great, great, great time. And uh, and then so after that, for two weeks, we are not going to have any activities. As you know, the following Sunday is the 25th, Christmas Day. Uh, we will not be having service. And then the following Sunday after that is New Year's Day. And uh, so we won't be having service. So um, this is your last time to gather with us as a family in 2022. Can you believe that we're already at the end of 2022? This year has gone by so fast, but uh, let, let me let you know that we are already planning. We've got some amazing things uh, happening already. Um, just kind of a highlight, we've already rescheduled for uh, Pastor Dr. Ruben uh, and Vanessa Ramirez. We're going to be doing the Couples Weekend 2.0. How many of you guys remember that from last year? So we already got that scheduled in February. It's going to be an amazing time. Um, so we want you guys to make plans, but we've already got a lot of things going and preparing for for next year so you want to make sure that you stay tuned and connect with us hopefully by by sometime next year we'll be in our brand new building how many of you guys can join with me in faith and prayer and believing that god has a, a new place where we don't have to stand 10 deep to use a restroom amen if for nothing else at least that that will be the biggest the biggest benefit amen well let's get into the word of god this morning we're going to continue this uh sermon series and i just gotta you know just tell you that i have uh, thoroughly enjoyed doing this and um you know for transparency's sake this did not originate with me i love to give honor whom to honors due. and uh, a couple of weeks ago brian moreno who him and his wife they lead our youth ministry at our del rio campus an amazing young man has a heart for god has a heart for word this this whole sermon series kind of started uh, resounding in in him and and then him and pastor jc started talking and they brought me in and i thought they were just weird which they are um but we still love them right yes. help me out they're watching right now <laughs> at least fake it right so um <laughs> so we uh so they started talking about and and just from there like i just started getting into the word of god and have seen um you know, just I've learned so much, and this God has just shown me so much about about sound and, and and how much sound has to do with 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 God. And so today, I'm going to be talking to you from the point uh, of view of of sound activation. And so we're just going to kind of recap for those of you that are on the monthly plan and haven't been here for a month. We're going to catch you up real briefly, uh, and uh, so that you won't be completely lost with where we're at. Okay. So we've been talking about how heaven has a sound right heaven has a sound heaven's sound is heaven's presence and heaven's presence is is heaven's power right so the 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 sound of god is the the voice of god you know much like us we can separate our voice from our presence but god's voice is a part of his presence you cannot dissect the two you cannot separate god from 
his sound and, and from his, his presence. So there is a sound and our ability to tune into the frequency and to tune into the sound of heaven will determine much of our success and satisfaction here on the earth. And so we, we find in the book of Genesis chapter 1, starting with verse 3 through 5, it says that, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called the night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. So here we see that the first thing that God created was not light, but but was a sound, right? Was a sound. The Bible says that God said there was a sound that, that resounded in heaven. There was a sound that, that reverberated from the throne room of heaven that actually created light. So before there was light, there was a sound. If he would not have said it, if he would not have released his sound, then light would, would not exist. And so as you get into the scripture, you'll often find that every time God shows up, he shows up with, with a sound. God arrives on sound and God rides on sound. In fact, faith can't even be seen without sound, right? The Bible says that faith comes by what? hearing and hearing the word of God right and so in order for you to hear there has to be a sound that 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 is emanating there has to be a sound that that is resounding and reverberating right so we can see that there is a correlation between faith and sound so faith faith comes by hearing right hearing hearing what and hearing comes the word of God now it doesn't say that Faith comes by hearing the word of God. It says, it says faith comes by hearing. So our ability to have faith is, is determined by our ability to hear. If we can't hear, we don't have faith. But our ability to hear comes from God's word, right? So it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more that we get into God's word, the more it, it, it tunes up our ability to hear. It, it refines our ability to hear. So faith comes by hearing. And so in order for us to have faith, a sound has to be made, right? A sound has to be made. So we've talked about heaven's sound is heaven's presence. God is his word. His word is his voice. His voice is his presence. And his presence is is power, right? So there, there's one thing that we've got to understand is that that sound, the sound of heaven, will activate your your destiny. Now, 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 just just follow with me for a few moments because it's important you understand that God's pictures in God's pattern of of creation, right? And God will always follow the same mo. He sets these patterns and he sets these pictures to help us understand how God. Creates create. So as I've been getting into the scripture, I, I, I started to realize something that whenever God, he wants something, he doesn't call it out. He doesn't call it into existence. He speaks to what holds it. He speaks to what holds it and he tells what is holding it to loosen it. In fact, if we look at the rest of the creation narrative, it says that God said, he said, let the earth bring forth, right? Let the earth bring forth. So the Bible tells us in the beginning, Genesis 1-1, that God created the heavens and the earth, right? The heavens and the earth. So then we go into Genesis chapter 1 verse 11 and look at what God does. He says, then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose 
seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so, verse 12, and the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So we see from the beginning that God created the earth. And so when he wanted to create all of the vegetation, the flowers, the, the trees, the, the fruit trees, everything, what did he do? He spoke to the earth and he called it up out of the earth. Now I know that this is going to sound a little bit foreign to you because those of you that sat in Sunday school all your life, you never heard it this way. But when you get into the scripture, you see this is what God does, right? And then let's continue. He says, then let let the earth bring forth living creatures. Genesis 1.24. Once again, who's he speaking to? Genesis, Genesis 1.24. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so, right? So God speaks to the earth, and he calls forth the vegetation. He speaks to the earth, and he calls forth the, the living creatures. Now, you're going to understand why in a minute. And then you continue, and then God says, he said, let the heavens bring forth, right? And so as you follow the creation narrative, he said, the let the heavens bring forth. And then he begins to pull out of what he created. He created the sun, the moons, the stars out of the heavens, right? He created in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so when he wanted the vegetation, he spoke to the earth and he called it up out of it. When he wanted the, the all of the, the living creatures, he spoke to the earth and he called it up out of it. When he wanted the stars and the, and the sun and the moon, he spoke to the heavens that he created and he called it up out of it. See, when, when God created the earth, he created it with everything that it would ever need to produce and sustain life. You've got to understand that principle that when God creates something, he creates it with everything it would ever need. The earth and all the potential it would ever need to produce what it was created to produce. He created the earth to produce and sustain life. So within the earth, he created purpose, potential, and provision. Are you with me? So that is what I call destiny. When, when you hear me talk about destiny, destiny is purpose, potential, and provision. So whatever he creates, whatever God creates, he creates with purpose, he creates with potential, and he creates with provision. So God looks at the earth and he commanded the earth to loosen what was already inside of it. Are you with me? He spoke to the earth and he called it to loosen what was already inside of it. When God wanted to make man, what, where did he speak to? He spoke to himself. In Genesis 1.26, he said, let us make man in our image and likeness. He spoke to himself and man came out. So we are the image and likeness of God, which means that we are not God, we are not divine, but that we are called to function and operate like God. We are, we are spirit beings, and we've got to relate to him on a spiritual level. So God spoke to himself, and he called up man out of himself. So remember that when God wants to create something, he speaks to what is holding it so that it can be released. And the Bible tells us that, that, that God created everything from the beginning. God is no longer creating. This is going to be an important, uh, an important point for you to understand in principle. God is no longer creating. He's no longer creating little babies. All right? Y'all knew that. Everything that God created, he created 
in the beginning. So everything and everyone that would ever be here on the earth, he created in the beginning. And all he does is when it's an appointed time to manifest, he speaks to what is holding it and he calls it out. Are you with me? Are you following me? So from the beginning was created just waiting for that appointed time. So God is no longer making little babies. Every baby that is born in December of 2022 was created in the beginning, but that baby was just waiting for its appointed time or his or her appointed time. So God is no longer creating. When he finished the work of creation after six days and the seventh day he rested, everything that would ever be and everything that would ever exist already was created. Are you following me? So just like when he created the earth with everything it needed to produce, he also created us that way. He created us with everything that we would ever need to live and walk in the fullness of our destiny. What is destiny? Purpose, potential, and provision. So within you, when God created you, he created you with everything you would ever need. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. Look how Paul, how Paul writes in, in chapter 1, 3, and 5. It says, praise be to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. So here we see it says that, that he chose us. When you look at that word chose in, in the Greek, in the original language, that word means to pick out of or pull out of. So Paul is telling us that when God chose us, he, he, he pulled us out of him. He pulled us. He picked us up out of his being, right? So it, it's important that you understand where, where we come from. So we came up from God. And then Paul goes on to say, he said, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. If you look at, it doesn't say that he is blessing you with every spiritual blessing. The context is past tense. That means that every, every blessing that you would ever need in your life, you were already born with it. It already exists in you. Every blessing, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing, every, every blessing that you would ever need when God created you, he created you with everything you would ever need to walk out your destiny, your purpose, your potential, and access to your provision. It is already in you just waiting for the word of God to activate it at its appointed time. And then Paul says he predestined us. We were created with a predetermined destiny. God is a God of purpose. God is a God of destiny. God doesn't create just to create. He always creates with destiny, with purpose, potential, and provision in mind. Now, this is not to be confused with the doctrine of predetermination or divine election, right? We still have a free will. But you were created with a predetermined destiny. And because you were created with a predetermined destiny within you, when God thought you up way at the foundations of the world, within you, he put everything that you would ever need in order to walk out and fulfill that destiny in your life. It's in there just like he created the earth, just like he created the, the earth in, in, in uh, he created the vegetation and the animals. He pulled them up 
out of the earth. It did not exist, but he created the earth. He created it with everything it would ever need to pull it up and out. So, so destiny is purpose, potential, and provision. So, so here's the important. Why is it so important for us to tune in to the frequency of heaven? See, when God is getting ready to activate you, what does he do? He speaks to you. He speaks to your spirit, right? And he commands your spirit to release what has already been put in you. So you have these, these moments, these epiphanies, these, these encounters with God where everything changes. You hear, you hear the sound of heaven. You hear God's voice and something happens. It's not that God sends this magical potion, you know, with, with something to, to, that comes upon you. What God is doing when he speaks to you, he's speaking to what's already in you. And when he speaks what's already in you, he activates that seed of potential. He activates that seed of purpose because you have everything that you would ever need to walk out your destiny. That's why we, we talked about kingdom identity. That's why the devil's always trying to discourage and distract you from understanding your identity because he doesn't want to know, he doesn't want you to know who you are and he doesn't want you to know who you have, what you have in you. So understand that's how God creates, right? So God speaks to you and your spirit now has to release what God has already put into you. That is why it is so imperative for you to tune into the frequency of heaven and hear the sound of heaven, which is God's voice because every time God speaks to you, he's, be, he's activating the blessing. He's activating the promise. He's activating the purpose. He's activating the potential of that destiny that's in you. And so every time he speaks to you, when you hear God's voice, there is something in your spirit that has to be released. And, and you think it just happens externally and all God is doing is speaking and calling out what he already put in you. So when God wants something, he uses his voice to activate that in you. Now, there's another principle of sound that, that we, we've got to understand that any significant power is, has a significant sound. Any significant power has a significant sound, right? And, and, and now this is obviously not completely exhaustive. Right, But in most cases, anything that has great power has great sound. When you think of a tornado, right? You think of a tornado. You hear the sound of a tornado has great power. It's accompanied by a great sound, a hurricane, an earthquake, a, a, a huge diesel engine, a, a jet engine. All of these things have great power and they're accompanied by a great sound, right? Why? Because any, anything that has significant power also has a significant sound, right? So, so that is why I believe the devil spends so much time trying to keep the church quiet. People criticize us. Why does Access Church get all crazy? Why do you sing so much? And why do people dance? And why do people clap? Why? Because we understand that anything that has significant power also has a, a significant sound. And so when there is power, there is always sound. Now, we have come to understand that there is a correlation between the roar of a crowd in a stadium and the fact that the sound gives the home team an advantage. Any professional athlete will tell you the toughest stadiums or arenas to play in 
are the ones that are, are the loudest. Why? Because there is something that happens when you begin to hear the roar of a crowd. There is something that begins to happen when you begin to hear the sound. You're there on the field. You're there in the arena and your back is up against the wall and you're losing. But then all of a sudden, the crowd gets into it. The crowd begins to roar. The crowd begins to cheer. What happens? That sound begins to build your confidence. That sound begins to build your boldness. That sound begins to, to change your mindset. And you go from a defeatist mindset to a victorious mindset. Why? Because sound can always elevate. And that's why it's so important for us to understand that we've got to release our sound in those moments that, that you're feeling depressed, in those moments that you're feeling down. Don't release a depressing sound. Begin to re release a victorious sound, right? Begin to release your praise. Begin to release the sound. Because as you begin to release the sound, the sound will elevate your mindset. Now imagine the roar of a lion. There are a few things that are more intimidating than that of a roar of a lion. Many years ago, um, when my dad was pastoring in Saginaw, Michigan, uh, the church took us to uh, a field trip. We were in Saginaw. We went to the Detroit Zoo in, uh, in Saginaw. We were part of the Royal Rangers and Missionettes. Those of you that are familiar with the Assemblies of God know that you have Royal Rangers like a, like a Christian Boy Scouts and and so they, they got us all excited, and of course we were there, and, and all the boys acting tough, we're going to go see the lions, right? We're going to go see the lions, and so finally we were there to go see the lions. I was probably eight years old, and we just happened to go see the lions at the wrong time. So here we are walking in, acting all cool. All of a sudden, we're walking into this, this actually they made it look like a, like a den, right? It was dark and dim, and, and they had these huge lions, and it was feeding time. So here we are walking in, and one of the zookeepers throws this big slab of meat in front of the lion, and the lion let out the biggest roar. And what do you think little Brian did? He ran out of there really quick. No que muy bravo, right? Like, I mean, I literally, I can still picture myself running out, and I ran out, and, and all my friends are looking at me like, where you're going? Like, I was so freaked out and so scared because that lion's roar just scared the heck out of me, right? thought I was going to say something different, but I didn't. Right. So there, there are a few things that are, that are less intimidating or more intimidating than the roar of a lion. Now, most members of the feline species are solitary hunters, and they adapt to living and hunting alone. But lions are an exception to this rule. They are very social animals, and they, 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 they live in groups called pride with a very strict hierarchy, Right. Now, a male lion will use his roar to scare off any intruders and warn the pride of potential danger. Now, of all the wildcats that exist in the world, the lions have the loudest roar, right? At one meter of distance, a lion's roar can reach up to 114 decibels. Now, this is louder than a music concert, and it's almost as loud as a jet plane taking off. So when a lion roars, his roar can be heard up to five miles away. But there's something that happens in the jungle when the lion roars, all of the animals, all the other animals. Which mic am I supposed to be using this one? Headset? Okay. We'll try it. Are we ready? Okay. Testing. All right. So... So the, the lion's roar can, can be heard up to five miles, but when the lion roars, 
all of the other animals in the jungle go completely silent and they stand still. Why? Because the lion's roar is so intimidating. Right? Why? Because whatever has significant power is accompanied by a significant sound, has significant sound. And we are the church. The Bible says that we have the power of God in us, that the kingdom of heaven is in us, and we cannot be silent. We've got to hear the, the sound of heaven. And when we begin to release the sound of heaven here on the earth, then power is released. And just like the lion can roar and, and warn off any potential intruders and, and, and predators, our roar, your, your praise, you don't realize what happens in the spiritual realm. When you begin to open your mouth and you begin to, you begin to, to declare and release the sound of heaven, all of those things that the enemy wants to do to attack your life, your family, your children, your health, your finances, you don't understand that you're not just, you're not just going through the motions. When we come come here on Sunday morning and we begin to worship and we begin to praise and you begin to clap and you begin to sing. We're not singing just to entertain you for 30 minutes. No, we understand that there is power in your roar. There is power in your praise. And let me tell you, it's not enough just for you to praise on Sunday. You've got to praise on Monday. You've got to praise on Tuesday. You've got to roar on Wednesday. You've got to roar on Thursday. Why? Because the Bible says that the enemy is out there looking to see who, may, who he may devour and you You've got to understand that when you let out your roar, you're putting notice on the enemy that he cannot touch you or your family. But you've got to hear the sound of heaven. So anything that has great power has great sound. Now, there is another kingdom principle that tells us that sound always precedes manifestation. Sound precedes manifestation. See, in, in, it is human nature for us to be reactive. That's just how, how we are. To, to let ha life happen and, and then we just respond or, or we react to it, right? It's, it's our natural response to, to, be re to be reactive. If something good happens, what happens? Then, then we respond joyfully, right? Or if something negative happens, then we respond with a negative sound. But, but that's just kind of the way that we are wired. We usually tend to be reactive. And oftentimes, those of us that are up here on the platform, we can tell what God is doing in your life by the, by the level of your praise. Sometimes you come in and you're all excited and you're all exuberant and you're raising your hands and you're clapping. You're smiling and you're singing and you're singing at the top of your lungs. And then other times you're coming in and you don't have the same level of praise. Why? Because you're being reactive with your praise, right? And that, that's just, I, I'm not trying to, to be critical, but that's just how we are, right? And, and instead of being reactive with our sound, if we are truly meditating on the promises of God and tuned into the sound of heaven, instead of being reactive, we need to become proactive, right? We need to become proactive, wake up every morning with our sound, commanding the direction that we want our day to go, right? And, and that's the problem with a lot of Christians. I've talked to about the three types of praise. Often we have inactive praise, we have reactive, and we have proactive praise. And, and, and the reality is that most Christians have a reactive praise. When, when something is going good, our praise responds to that. But when something is going bad, then our praise is, is, it responds to, to something bad, right? But we've got to understand, if we understand that, that our life goes the direction of our sound, and we understand that our praise is not determined by what we feel, by, by what 
what we see, by the circumstance or situation that we're in. Our praise is not determined whether there's money in the bank account or food in the pantry or gas in the tank. Our praise is contingent upon God still being on the throne, that God is still good, that God is still healing, that God is still turning things around. See, when we understand that we can be proactive with our praise, we can begin to release the sound of heaven, even if it doesn't look like what we think we should be seeing right now. Even if it looks like everything's going against us, we've got to release the sound of heaven. We've got to be proactive with our praise. See, you've got to understand that there is always a sound being released. If you don't make a sound at your workplace, someone else will make a sound for you. If you don't make a sound in your classroom, someone else is going to make a sound for you. If you don't make a, a sound in your business or your office, then someone will release a sound for you. If you aren't making a sound in your home or your family, then someone will make a sound for you. And the problem is, is that you will have to live with whatever sound is being made. Remember, your life will follow the direction of the sound that you are making. Right? So, sound precedes manifestation. Go with me to the books of, book of Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. It says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was what? A sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames and tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now we go back to Acts 1.8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This was the promise. Acts 2, 1 through 4 is the fulfillment of the promise. So we see this principle in action. The sound came first, then the fire, right? The sound came first. There was a sound that preceded the manifestation. So you've got to understand that the power of God came and was accompanied by a sound, but the sound preceded the manifestation. In Ezekiel chapter 37, the prophet Ezekiel prophesied to the dry bones. God told Ezekiel to talk to them and they will live again. See, there a, a sound had to be made before life could come back to dead things. And so he spoke the sound. He heard the sound from heaven and then he released the sound of what happened. Those dry bones began to have life. And then in 1 Kings chapter 18, 41, Elijah says, it says, and Elijah said to Ahab, go and eat and drink for there is the sound of a heavy rain. There is a sound of a heavy rain. Now you've got to realize that Elijah is saying this after the people have gone through a three and a half year drought. Uh, imagine for a moment this scenario. He's talking to Ahab. Ahab was, was, was the king. There's a sound. And then something's about to manifest. A three and a half year drought. Elijah hears what? He hears a sound. He says there's a sound of rain. Now, I know some of you think that you can tell it rains because your knee hurts. There's no scientific proof that that can happen, right? Va llover, right? Ahí viene el agua. Or some of you think because you wash your car, right? You provoke the rain. So here they were in three and a half years of drought. 
And Elijah says to Ahab, the king, he says, go and get ready because I hear the sound of rain. And the Bible says, in verse 43, it says, go and look toward the sea. He told his servant and he went up and looked and the servant came back and said, there is nothing there. He said, seven times Elijah said, go back. See, Elijah heard the sound before anything could ever be seen. And the Bible says that he told him to go back six times. And every time he went up, the, the servant went up six times. And every time he went up, he came back with a report. He said, Elijah, I don't know what you're hearing, but I don't know what you're smoking. I don't know what you're drinking, but nothing's happening in the clouds. And Elijah said, go back. And he'd go back and he'd come back. And the Bible says six times he went up and he could not see anything. That's why the Bible says that this faith life that we are living in is a walk of faith. Why? Because he says you've got to walk by faith, not by sight. That word sight is that you can't go by what you feel. You can't go by what you see. You've got to go by what you hear. That's why the enemy wants to disrupt your hearing. That's why he wants to distort your hearing. Why? Because he understands that when you hear the voice of God and you hear the sound of heaven and God begins to release his sound, he begins to activate in you your death destiny and purpose you're going to go by what you see you're going to look and say God says I'm blessed but I'm facing bankruptcy I'm facing foreclosure they're about to repossess my car but you've got to listen to the sound you can't go by what you see you got to go by what you hear and six times he went up and six times he came down and he said there's nothing there See, in this faith life, we've got to understand that it's not, I'll believe it when I see it. That's how we operate. But in the kingdom of God, it's, I'll believe it when I hear it. Because when you can believe it, when you hear it, then you'll be able to see it. Why? Sound precedes manifestation. So, so why would God put this, this story in the Bible for us? Why would God use this story why would why would god tell elijah it's going to rain send your servant up six times and and let him go see what he sees and six times he comes down and he doesn't see anything why because god knew that there's going to be moments in your life there's going to be moments and situations when you're not going to be able to see or feel what god is doing there's going to be times in your life when you're not going to be able to see what god is what god has promised the only thing that you're going to be able to stand on is what you have heard God say. Because everything around you is going to look like it's going the different direction than what God told you. So God put this story. Remember, God is a God of pictures and patterns. He's telling you, yeah, there's going to be moments in your life that I have spoken promises I have spoken purpose. I have spoken potential. I have spoken blessings. I have spoken miracles in your life. And you have received the sound. And you're going to look at the situation. And six times you're going to go up and say, I don't see anything. And it is in those moments that you're not going to be able to go by what you see. You're only going to have to go by what you heard. What you hear God say. Because why? Because if he said it, he will do it. 
Because the Bible says that he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that she, he should ever repent. That means that when he says it, there's no takebacks. His word remains. His word is perpetual. And God knew that there's going to be moments in your life that you're going you're gonna to look at your situation and you're going to look at like the dry bones and you're going to think like nothing could ever happen out of this. You're going to look at Lazarus being in the tomb for four days. You're going to see your, your servant dead, your, your daughter dead like Jairus. His daughter was dead. And you're gonna, the only thing that you're going to be able to hold on to those moments is those things that you have heard the Father say. You have Abraham, who at the age of 40-something years old, God releases a sound and says, I'm going to bless you, and your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars. And then he goes from 40 to 50, 50 to 60, 70 to 80. And he doesn't even have a son. 80 to 90, you know what happens with the plumbing, right? We're keeping it PG-13, okay? And he's looking at the situation. He's looking at Sarah. He's looking at himself. And by all accounts, everything was telling him, give up. It's not going to happen. But he says, no, I'm going to hold on to what I heard. I'm going to hold on to the sound. Joseph having dreams of, of God elevating him and, 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 and him, him being raised up and him being blessed. And all of a sudden he finds himself in a pit and then he finds himself as a slave and then he finds himself as a prisoner. And I imagine for a moment he's like, but God, I didn't see that part of the dream. This doesn't look like what you showed me. This doesn't look like what I heard from you. See, it is in those moments where it seems like everything is going against what you want. You have to hold on to what you heard. Moses, Joshua, David, Daniel, they all went through situations when what they were seeing was not aligning with what they heard. See, faith is when you can hear something and still believe it without being able to see anything take place. And the Bible says six times Elijah sent his servant up. And six times he wasn't able to see anything. But if you notice, Elijah never wavered. He never checked the weather report. He stood by what he heard. And every time the servant came, he said, go back again. And six times he came back and the servant said, nope, I'm sorry, dude. There's nothing going on up there. But the seventh time, the seventh time, verse 44 and 45 says, the seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. The heavy rain started falling. And Ahab rode off to Jezreel. So six times the servant went up. But the seventh time, the Bible says that he saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. Six 
see Elijah heard the sound before he could see the rain. God is so intentional. Why do you think the cloud showed up on the seventh time? Why it didn't show up at five? It didn't show up at six? It didn't show up at four? It showed up at seven. Why? Because the number of seven is the number of completion. It's the number of perfection. See, what God is telling us in this story, that his timing is perfect. His timing is perfect. Whatever the seventh time is for you, when it's time for God to manifest his blessing and his promise and his purpose in your life, when it's the seventh time, it's going to come out. You just have to be patient and you have to hold on to what you have heard. That's why it didn't happen at five. It didn't happen at six because God was telling us that his timing is perfect. And I'm here to tell you today, no matter what you're going through, no matter what situation that you are facing, no matter what circumstance, no matter how negative everything seems around you, how it seems to be going the, the wrong direction, what God is saying that his timing is perfect and we've got to trust him enough to trust him and we have to hold on to what we have heard. There's going to be times where we can see it. Even then he goes up at the seventh time and all he sees is a cloud the size of a man's hand. What is God telling us? The seventh time is not only that his timing is perfect, that when it's the appointed time, God's going to do the work that he promised and purposed to do. But also he's telling you, don't look at what it is because he can bring a, a deluge. He can bring a flood out of the smallest thing. And those things that you think are minuscule, those things that you think are so small and you're looking at the situation and all you see is that small cloud. And if you notice when Elijah got the report, he didn't look up at God and say, really God, you're making me look crazy for there's nothing. And all of a sudden there's just a little cloud and God is saying, I can do so much with just a little cloud when you hold on to what you have heard. See, Elijah heard the sound before he could ever hear the rain. And the scriptures are full of testimonies of ordinary men who were able to hear the sound before they ever saw the manifestation of their promise. Abraham and Sarah, Jehoshaphat, Gideon, Joshua at the walls of Jericho. So it doesn't matter what you're going through today. It doesn't matter what you're facing today. Don't go by what you see. You have to go by what you have heard and hold on to that hold on to that knowing that sound precedes manifestation if he said it he will do it every time the sound comes the manifestation of God's promise and it's going to come at the seventh time whatever it was I mean think about it Abraham and Sarah waited till they're almost 100 years old David waited for 23 years for the fulfillment of his promise. He was anointed king at 12, and it wasn't until 23 years later that he ascended to the throne of all of Israel. And the story, the Bible is full of stories of people that all they had was a sound. And I'm here to tell you today, if God said it, he's going to do it. You just got to hold on to the sound. Will you stand? Heavenly Father, we just love you. We thank you today. 
Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. God, thank you for the destiny that is, that is embedded and imbued within each and every one of us, that is ingrained in part of our being, God. And today we want to tune ourselves up to your frequency. We want to tune ourselves up to your sound so that you can begin to draw out all of those things that, that you already put in, Lord God, every blessing, every promise, every miracle, God, every ounce of provision that we would ever need, God. We want you to activate that within us. God, and I pray that today you would build our faith. That even in those times, in those situations and circumstances where everything looks like it's going the opposite direction, God, we can still hold on to the sound. And just like Elijah never wavered, he never doubted. He kept telling the servant, go back, go back, go back. God, today we don't want to waver with what we have heard. If you said it, you are going to bring it about. You're going to do it. You're going to fulfill the word. God, help us to hear your sound. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.